Hey, Joshua Segafis here. On this podcast, I teach men and women how to increase their attraction, level up their dating game, and embrace the alpha mentality. If you're sick of a dating or relationship life that sucks, stick around. This is exactly where you want to be. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Joshua Segafis podcast. This is the podcast where you learn how to be truly alpha to succeed at dating, relationships, fitness, business, and everything else that matters. I hope that this audio comes out okay. I'm recording on my phone, and um, I'm going to be honest. I am doing some chores while I record this. I've got, let's see, I've got exactly 10 pounds of ground beef I'm chopping up to uh, basically contribute to my experiment with a primal diet. I've been following some people online and I'm going to make some content about this when I gather a little more data, but I'm trying out kind of a, you know, a primal carnivore type diet. It's very animal product heavy. So a lot of meat, eggs, and then I'm eating some fruit. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to make some episodes about this when I get some more data, but I was having a conversation with someone just last night and I wanted to talk about men who are at war with their own masculinity. Okay. Um, now there are some men out there who desire women, but who seem to be at odds with the feminine right now. These types of men are kind of hard to spot if you don't know how to look for them because you know what it comes off as a lot of these guys They will be what seems to be very confident in themselves. They will seem to have like a tough guy persona. And uh, they'll have this, um, they'll have this kind of like, you know, attitude about them where they will have, you know, this mindset of wanting to basically make themselves high value men. However, this goes hand in hand with a sort of negativity toward women. Okay, now the and let's not let's just be honest. Let's call bullshit bullshit when we see it. Um, the manosphere is a good example of this. I've spent a great deal of time as a um, a listener, you know, an observer, a content uh, consumer in the red pill space. I have also uh, dipped my toe into the black pill space and listened to some stuff there. I've listened to some people. I have, I've actually spent quite a bit of time studying people in the pickup community. Now the pickup community is interesting. It's also kind of a, a, a part of the manosphere and there's a lot of crazy shit in that, um, in that corner of the internet. However, there are some really great people in pickup. There's good people in the red pill community too. And I'm going to be honest, uh, there are some people in the black pill community who I've learned from. Okay. There's people who do some deep thinking in that community. Now, I'm not going to name drop anybody. I'm not going to do that. That's not how I roll. Um, I, I don't really do that kind of thing on my on my podcast. You know, I'm just talking about my experiences here. But what I do want to say is that I have encountered a lot of these types of men, right? And, and I used to be one. So I have a unique perspective into this. Now, at one extreme end of the, of the um, spectrum, you have... Guys, and we're specifically talking about men here. Men as they relate to women. Because the masculine... Let me tell you something about the masculine and the feminine. 
and I hope you can still hear me. I'm walking around doing these chores, but here's the thing about how the masculine interacts with the feminine. Okay, the masculine desires the feminine. This is this is this is men 101. Okay, men don't like it sometimes to understand this, but we literally evolved with a need. Not a need. Uh, let me think of the best way to put this. I'm kind of some of this. Uh, some of these thoughts are relatively. Um, I haven't talked them out loud, so I have to work through some of this. Uh, the men, mankind, they evolved with a desire to reproduce without the equipment to do it. Okay, women hold the reproductive equipment. This is the. This is the base of the power of the feminine, okay? The, the fact that women can bring life into the world makes them exceptionally powerful sexual creatures in the scope of humanity, okay? Now, men are powerful creatures too in their own way. When we look at the baseline of the value brought to the dating marketplace, with a, the very baseline, right? When we look at it from the square zero... What we see is that women, do, the, the base of their power, the seat of their value that they bring lies in their ability to procreate, their ability to create life. They can carry a child and then give birth to it, thereby ushering in the next generation. And this is valuable. This is a highly valuable trait that women evolved with. And so on the dating marketplace, women bargain with this trait. They use this um, and, and all of the things that come with it, all the attraction metrics, the beauty, the fertility, the romance, all of it. They use this uh, and they bargain for survival, okay? Um, the survival firstly for themselves and then also for their progeny, for their offspring. This is very important. If humans didn't evolve to, to do this, we would have died out a long time ago. This is a very important mechanism, okay? So now men... What do men bring? Okay, men have sperm and semen, but sperm and semen, as any woman who has ever been on a dating app or gone to a bar will tell you right away, sperm and semen are easy to get and cheap to get. Uh, men will willingly give their sperm and semen in the hopes, and this is uh, the instinct, not necessarily the the logistical strategy that men use rationally, but the masculine will willingly give the sperm and semen that it possesses, even if there's a slight chance that it may father progeny. Okay, in other words, um, men want sex a lot, and they're willing to go to great lengths to get it, as a general rule, and they're willing to even, um, they're more willing than women to like let's say accept a lower value and when i say lower value i mean sexual um you know sexual uh sexual value metric value so value in the marketplace they're they're more willing you know to 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 lower their standards if a free mating opportunity just appears in front of them right so in other words a guy might say i'm not into chubby girls however if he's lonely on a Friday night and the last girl in the bar is a chubby girl and she makes eyes at him and basically, you know, sh you know, sends the messaging that he could get free sex from her, 
um, he is very highly likely to say yes to it. And why would he drop his so-called standards uh, for this type of thing? The reason is because mankind, the masculine, has an instinct to gain access to the female reproductive system. This is the power of the feminine. They have a built-in instinct that tries to get them to do this whenever they have the possibility of doing it. Uh, now, there, this actually plays into a bias, a psychological bias. And, um, and I'm going to completely mind blank on this. I used to talk about this all the time, and it's been a little while since I've talked about this. Um, but anyway, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to skip that for now. And I'm going to just move on because it doesn't really matter. We've already talked. We've already basically stated the point. Uh, men evolved with this instinct. Why? Because they want to reproduce. And the history of evolution has favored men who took any opportunity they could to possibly father children. Right? So... Now, with that being said, the, the masculine values and desires the feminine to a great degree. Some men are not at peace with this. And this is kind of the first part of our discussion. Some men are not at peace with the nature of the masculine and the feminine. See, women are the selectors and men are the competitors. Women have the valuable reproductive tools. And so to a point, they, have, they hold a lot of cards in this game. They basically have the power to tell any given man, you know what, I don't think your seed is worth, you know, taking into me and then carrying a baby for nine months. It's not worth it for your genetics. They're not good enough because I could get, um, you know, if you're not the best I could get, like I could get better genetics to father my children with and maybe a better deal for access to my reproductive faculties, right? So this is the bargaining that takes place. I'm just taking a sip of my drink here. One second. <clears throat> this is a very raw and unfiltered episode, by the way. the The reason I'm recording this is because I had a conversation with someone the other night. I had a very uh, delightful conversation over Instagram. I someone messaged me, and they were commenting on some of my podcast episodes, and we had a very good conversation. And this came up: the polarity of the masculine and the feminine, and you know how some men are very bitter toward women, and and I was commenting about how. Um, you know, the reason for this is because they're not at peace with the fact that the masculine desires the feminine. And anyway, we're going to get to that in a minute, but I'm just taking a sip of my drink here. All right. So, so the masculine desires the feminine. Okay. And, th and this is, we see the mechanism behind the instinct and we see the reason for why the instinct is there and for why evolution favored men who had who, who had the stronger instinct to do this, right? Now, this is the first part of the argument, or not the argument, but the discussion. Now, um, we talk about, well, what do men trade? What do men bargain with to gain access? Well, the primary, the primary function of the male and the value that he brings to the tribe and to the feminine as far as I can tell, and this is, I, I've done a lot of thinking about this, and I've read the work of many great men and women who have talked about these things, and I've come to the conclusion, and I believe that I'm right in this. I haven't yet found a reason to believe that I'm off on this. The primary reason is because, um, or no, I'm sorry, the, the primary offering that the masculine brings is the ability to generate resources and solve problems. 
Now let's let's that may sound abstract um, and vague, and it's also true that it could be said, well, women can produce resources and solve problems too, right? Well, yeah, absolutely, uh, and men can be uh, men can be uh, beautiful, and they can have feminine qualities as well. But let's look at this from a caveman perspective. Back in the day, in order to generate resources and solve problems, what did men have to do? They had to kill animals to survive. This is a very violent affair. They had to run them down, hunt them down, you know, throw rocks at them, hit them with spears, hit them with clubs. Um, and men obviously evolved to be pretty good at this, right? Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story, and this is this is so interesting to me. When you when you look at when you look at the some of the like logistical, let's let's call it hunting advantages of the male over the female. It's pretty crazy. Like there's um there's some science out there about how men process information a bit differently in their brains. And I'm not a brain scientist. I'm not going to be able to give you the complete rundown on this. But let's just say that men are, and I'm the reason I'm I'm trying to summarize my understanding of the science here. And it's it may not be perfect, but it's something like this. Uh, men are really good really good at judging things like distance, maneuvering themselves to close distance, reacting quickly to physical movements, you know, with using their periphery vision and then focusing in on their target. For example, when it comes to sports, uh, men maybe they have maybe evolved with some bigger muscles and things like that and a bigger body. But in sports, that doesn't always give them an advantage. So why don't men and women play sports together? Well, when you see them play, it becomes obvious that, you know, in most sports, men overpower the women. Why? They're bigger, they're more physically powerful. However, men also have um, this evolved mechanism in their brains for kind of focusing on a thing, right? Their prey. They focus on their prey. Uh, there are many people who describe this as well. They say women focus more on people and men tend to focus more on objects, right? These tend to be, now this is, these are very, um, very broad generalizations. Obviously there is gray area in all of this, but we're talking about if we're going to reduce it down to the greatest general, like generalization, this is what we're talking about. Okay. And generalizations are kind of helpful when we're trying to figure out the purpose for things, the evolutionary mechanism, and then why it exists and then how you can understand it better. This is the, this is the good thing about generalizations. Okay? So basically, um, men evolved to be great hunters, right? It's obvious that they are, they are just apex predators. Okay? Now women, women are very much so as well, um, more so than, than most other animals. Like, you know, if you pit a woman, if you pit a man against a lion, um, just, you know, muscle to muscle, it's not going to be much of a fight. The lion's going to eat him. But you give a man a tool of some kind, a spear or a club or something, and that's a much different game. That really levels the playing field for the man. And and women are the same, right? Women use tools as well. So, you know, this puts women in a whole other category than any other animals on the on the planet, right there alongside men. But when we're 
when we're comparing men and women, there's another another pretty stark difference between men's ability to athletically and powerfully overpower prey and kill it, and like the the very specific instincts and like biological mechanisms required to make a creature efficient at that process. Men have more of those things, is or so it seems. You gotta pause and take one more sip of my drink here. You gotta get this. It's brain power going. Okay, so <clears throat> why does this matter? Um, m men, in, in the earliest times, the way that they generate resources and solve problems is, is very simple. The problem is death. And starvation is an obvious top contender for one of the fastest ways to die when you live in primitive times. So men who could, you know, stalk game, hunt it, kill it, and drag it home would have their pick of the most attractive, fertile women. Why? Because those women would stand to gain many benefits from mating with that man. You know, if they, if they got that guy, um, you know, wrapped around their finger, if they got that guy emotionally invested in them and they gave him children, odds are really good he's going to keep them around. He's going to keep feeding them because he wants her to take care of the kids. Like there's a great incentive there for the man to bargain with her in this sense for continual access to her reproductive faculties, especially because he wants to have as many children as possible. He wants to keep he wants to keep hitting it so he can get more kids, basically is what it boils down to. So so there we go. We have that. Okay. Now, what's the problem? So the problem, the problem is that nowadays there are some men who are not at peace with this dynamic. There are a lot of men out there who are angry at women. They're angry at women and they act out by saying things like, I don't need a woman. You know, I don't need any woman. Um, I can, you know, men going their own way right? MGTOW kind of epitomizes this though. I don't want to be overly harsh on MGTOW or I don't, and I don't want to make the generalization that all MGTOW men are bitter at women and not at peace with their own masculinity. That's not what I'm saying, but I, it's literally in the name men going their own way. Uh, and I know that there are absolutely men in that movement who are not at peace with their own masculinity and they're they're kind of bitter about this this game, this harsh, violent game they have to play in order to win a woman's affection and sexual access. And to some men, it doesn't seem like it's worth it, right? Uh, and okay, understandably so. Now, what I'm more specifically talking about, though, are men who... Um, maybe do have some success with women, but they're bitter toward women. They're angry toward them. And I want to talk about, you know, there's all kinds of reasons for this. There's so many reasons. And I, I used to be one of these guys. I literally, I mean, one time I had an argument with a, with a woman I was in a relationship with, and these words literally were the words I spoke. I said, I don't need any woman to help me. Like I was so bitter toward women. There was such a there was such an animosity. Where does it come from? And this is what I want to talk about. There are a million small reasons why a man might be bitter to women, but what, what's the core reason? What's the real reason that a man would be at a, at a conflict within his own, his own self in regards to women uh, in general, in a general sense, right? Um, I'm going to, this is the baseline fundamental reason right here. 
the masculine so deeply desires the love and nurturing and beauty of the feminine. And why does he value these things? These things represent sexual access in an instinctual way. So, you know, it's really sexual access that he values, but he associates these other things with it from an instinctual perspective because those are, those are some of the, the values of the feminine, right? These things are very attractive to men. So the masculine is, it, it so desires to have those things from the feminine that if it doesn't have them, it feels incomplete, right? Uh, many people have talked about this, you know, how men and women, you know, they, they complete one another. We say things like, oh, that's my other half and things like that. And there's a reason these things aren't willy-nilly things that people say. People have said these different versions of these things all throughout history. Be, and and their you know romance and love are talked about in the uh, in the legend legends and such and such. But the reason why people use language like this is because the masculine does not feel complete without the feminine, and the same is true of the feminine toward the masculine. But we're talking about the masculine here in a moment. Um, so the masculine so desires the feminine that that this this desire is an integral part of what it means to be masculine it's an integral part of what it means to be a man um it's also an integral part of what it means to be successful as a man and a man who who has had that process interrupted by something is going to be a man who has a fundamental process of his own masculinity hindered and mixed up, right? No, I'm going to give you an example. So for me, you know, I was a beta, obviously a very um, destructive, chaotic beta male back in my younger days. And in my marriage, this is how I was, right? I, I was not reliable. I was not taking charge of my life. I wasn't taking ownership over my life. I wasn't leveling up as a man. I wasn't embracing radical self-responsibility. I wasn't minding my business, getting my money, pursuing my purpose. I wasn't embracing the alpha mentality for sure. I wasn't doing any of this stuff. And so, you know, uh, but, you know, because of this and understandably so, my ex-wife, she, you know, she lost feelings for me. She didn't want to be with me anymore. And she decided to end our relationship. And at the time, I was very bitter about this. Uh, now, looking back on it, of course, I understand. And you know what? It could have been prevented if I would have acted alpha. If I would have been a man worthy of respect, it never would have happened. A lot of men don't want to take this responsibility for themselves. Now, women have to take responsibility too. A woman can ruin a relationship too. However, it is true. And I'm, I'm, this is dead. This is real shit right here. This is real shit I'm about to tell you. A man has more control over a relationship and whether it works than a woman does. Uh, a man, it is possible for a man to save a, a doomed relationship if he gets his shit together and he acts right and he understands female nature. It's possible. Um, it's not possible for a woman. A man will never change unless he decides and he's ready to change. But a woman, um, if she's with a man who's who will nurture her and, and kind of you know, uh, basically be a good influence on her and love her the right way. It can, it can help to basically, um, I think the proper way to say it would be 
he can help to change her mind about what will or won't work in the context of the relationship. And he can, he can help to do that by showing her the true way and living it as a man. The same, it does not work in reverse. It is very unlikely, it is much less likely that that process would work when the roles are reversed, that a woman could do that for a man. It's very unlikely. Why? Well, there's an ego part for the masculine, but that, that's a topic for another time. Okay, so, but my problem was I was beta male, and then, you know, whenever my wife ended our relationship, I was so mad. I blamed it all on her, right? Mm -hmm. I was so mad, and I... I even, I even got, went to as far as, like I said, um, I said things like, you know, women can never be faithful. Women can never be loyal. Women are always just looking for the next best thing. Like these are sound bites I hear men say today all the time, but these are not true statements. These are mischaracterizations of that, some things that are kind of true, but they're not necessarily always true. The fact of the matter the real fact of the matter is that the reason that I was saying these things, the reason I was mad at women, the reason I didn't have faith that a woman would want to stay with me was because I was at war with my own masculinity. I was at war with the fact that um, I had not acted right and that contributed to the downfall of the relationship. And this is the hard one. This is the fucking hard one. And this is what a lot of men do not want to hear. And this is what's hard to stomach. And I'm going to be very honest with you. I have lost a lot of sleep over this. When I came to terms with the truth of what I'm about to tell you, um, it was not a pleasant thing to feel. And it, it's not fun, but this is a true statement. Oftentimes, often, when a relationship doesn't work out, it's either because the man failed to uphold his part or because he chose for the relationship to implode and end, right? A lot of men want to give that power away to women. A lot of men want to blame women for not being happy in their own masculine lives, right? I'm so appalled by these conversations that people have about women and this talk about like, you know, women are hypergamous, women will monkey branch, you can never trust her, she's only with you as long as you have your shit together, the minute she gets a better deal, she'll jump. Okay, there is a small measure of truth to these things and there are, there are behavioral truths behind those statements, but those statements are mischaracterizations of the real shit, right? Um, and they're, they're, they come from a place of hostility and negative attitudes toward women. Now, me today, there, there isn't, I'm going to be very real with you right now. There's not a single part of me that's afraid of being left by a woman anymore. And the reason for this isn't because I think I'm perfect. God knows I'm not perfect. The reason for it isn't because I have the most money or because I'm the best looking. God knows those things aren't true either. The reason for it is because I understand female nature and I understand that it behaves a certain way and I understand that if I if I conduct myself as an alpha mentality man, a true alpha, not this alpha posturing bullshit that a lot of these guys do in the manosphere. I'm going to be honest, the manosphere is full of a lot of alpha posturing. A lot of guys talk big game and then they've got what the women would call little dick energy. It's a, it's a, that's a, that's kind of a rude thing to say, but, um, but that's just what, you know, I'm, I'm using the, uh, 
I'm using the slang here. I'm using the slang. So I know that if I conduct myself like a true alpha male, I'm not going to get left. Okay. I'm just, it's not going to happen. There's a certain point to where you get with the woman. If you, and I, I'm talking about if you have your shit down, like if you know what you're doing in your own life, if you're committed to your purpose, right? If you're minding your business, getting your money, if you are conducting yourself like a true alpha male, then there's not really going to be an issue with that. There really isn't. If you know, if she liked you enough to get with you for real, it's not going to be like that. If she has true desire for you, true desire is hard to spot when you don't know what to look for. That's one thing I coach when I do coaching. I I coach people on how to pick up on real desire. I've also written some really good blog posts about that topic. If you go to the other, um, the adult man, theadultman.com, I write for their dating advice column. And I've written quite a few pieces on how to f see if a woman actually loves you. And this is very important. Men need to understand this. Because if you try to get with a woman who doesn't have desire for you, but you kind of talk her into being with you, well, that's a problem right from the beginning. It's going to be a doomed relationship. But if you choose a woman who has genuine desire for you, who really loves you, and she shows it, and you see the signs, um, that's a much different game, right? That's a whole different dynamic because that's real from the beginning. And there is such a thing as being real. There's a real, uh, I call it the spark of attraction. That It's a very real thing. And you can't really manufacture that with someone. They either have it for you or they don't. And the higher your sexual value metrics are, the more likely it is that someone's going to feel that for you when they meet you, right? And this is why, you know, I'm, I have more in common with the black pill community than a lot of people might realize because of that. Because of that thing that I just said, there are a lot of black pillars that will live and die on that hill. And that's where they differentiate themselves from people. I'm not talking about the doomers and the, the crazy shit and the incels and all this bullshit. Um, not that incels are full of bullshit, but there's those communities can get very negative and they can go in weird directions and that's bullshit. Um, uh, anyway, I'm, the topic of incels is a very interesting and good one to talk about, but it's not for this specific episode. I, I will talk about that sometime because that's a good topic to cover, but um, we're going to go ahead and, and skip that for now because it's such a deep thing. Um, okay, so... I know that there's, you know, they're not going to leave me. And even if she did, even if like I, my girlfriend, if my girlfriend right now were to just call me and say, you know what, Josh, I can't do this anymore for X or Y, Z reasons, you know, I'd be a little bummed out because I like her. I love her. I, I think she's amazing. I think she's a great person. And I, but you know, I, I'm not at war with my masculinity. I'm not at war with the feminine, like, you know. I don't want to be with someone who doesn't want to be with me. I might cry about it. I might be very sad, um, but I'm not going to wreck my life over it. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to make myself into a beta trying to keep her or anything like that, right? And I know, I, you know, it's going to be a very short amount of time until other women want to be in a relationship with me. And that, that's been my experience when I learned how to fix my dating life, learned how to embrace the alpha mentality learned how to date like a true alpha and stop being a beta little uh, beta bitch. When I stopped acting a beta mentality, it really revolutionized my dating life. This is partly another reason for why I, in my coaching practice, I switched from like, I, I used to do just straight dating coaching, but 
the issue is it was always a masculine frame slash alpha mentality issue. For men, it was almost always that. Men were coming to me with dating problems, but their problems weren't really dating problems. Their problems were alpha mentality problems. And so we had to go to the basics of you know, the, the mode of being, which is the alpha mentality, and that's how you solve the problems. So anyway, I say all that to say, I had this bitterness toward women, but I, I came to terms with it. And I realized I had a negative attitude toward women and I fixed it. And that's a, another topic for another time. But a lot of these men have this negative attitude toward women, right? Um, women are amazing creatures. I love women. I, I've had women who are friends. I've had women who were romantically involved with me. I've had women who, you know, it was, we were friends and it was sexual and there was no romance, I've had, you know, I've had women who were almost like mentor figures to me, especially older, more like wizened women. Um, I particularly enjoy sitting down and having a deep discussion with a woman who is older than me, like much older, like 20, you know, 20, 30 years older than me, because there's so much wisdom to be gleaned from the feminine perspective with that age difference. Like it's, it's a, that's really, really cool. I love to do that. I love to, um, I love to talk to other women who are, you know, closer my age and ask them how their dating lives are going, these types of things. I, I love to hang out with women, you know, it, they don't have to be my sexual partners in order for me to think they're worthwhile. And the reason for that is because I'm not bitter. If every girl doesn't want to, you know, if every girl doesn't want me in a sexual way, I don't take it personally. It doesn't matter to me. It's like, you know, no one wants to be rejected, obviously. And I get rejected too. That happens, you know, not by, not by my girlfriend. But like when I was dating, I would ask women out. Sometimes I'd hit on women and they wouldn't be interested. And okay, that's fine. Um, you know, a lot of men can't let go of that, right? They can't let go of the nature of the relationship between the masculine and the feminine and that, you know, they, you know, maybe sometimes it was their own mother who rejected them or felt that way. That was the, the representation of the nature of their relationship. And then ever since then, they've been angry at women and every woman is kind of like his mother, right? This is kind of a Freudian thing, but, but I, I can see some truth to that because that is, uh, that's not so out of the realm of possibility. The feminine exists as kind of a it exists as kind of an avatar and then all women fit into that avatar to the man right to a certain level so if your relationship with women in general is bad you know if you've been hurt by a woman <clears throat> if you have you know had bad experiences if you've had your heart broken if the masculine ego has been injured by a woman you're going to be more likely to see all women with through a filter of that hurt, right? And that kind of thing. Now, this leads to the thing. It's like, you know, men get real mad when women say, who hurt you? Like a guy will say something that sounds alpha and then a woman will be like, you know, well, who hurt you? And, the, you know, there's a reason why women say this. It's because it sounds like he's been hurt. And he'll say, no one hurt me. I'm just using common sense. I'm just not going to let women, you know, pull their bullshit on me. But... What's the truth? What is the truth here? The truth is, if he said something to the woman that sounded negative, it probably was negative. There was probably negative energy with it. Women are good at picking up on the energy, man. I'm telling you, women are very good at that. 
Uh, it's a it's a feminine quality. Some men have it, but a lot of women have it, and they're very good at picking up on that energy and they pick up on that negative energy. And it's like, well, why do you have the negative energy? Well, it could be a number of reasons. One of those reasons could be because you're at war with the feminine. Your own masculine self is at war with the feminine. You have not come to terms with the relationship between the masculine and feminine, and so you cannot hold quality communion with it when you encounter it, right? When you encounter a woman, does it, you know, threaten to turn into a conflict more often than not? For some men, that's the truth. Some men, you know, they look at women and they see a combative relationship. Like they see, oh, it's characterized by conflict. And, you know, in relationships, there is a lot of conflict. There has to be for the establishment of boundaries. But that's different than having conflict with the feminine, just between the feminine and the masculine. It's a different kind of conflict. So you also have to, you have to look for these things, right? This is why, this is why coaching can be so useful. Anyway, there you go. I'm, I'm going to end it there because I feel like we've kind of thoroughly, you know, dove into this topic. And I hope that this has given some clarity, uh, you know, case in point, there are a lot of men who are not at peace with their own masculinity and they're not at peace with the relationship between the feminine and the masculine. And when they try to commune with the feminine, it goes a little bit wonky for that reason. And it really lies at the core of it all, at the very core. The reasons come from the fact that the masculine desires the feminine so much and then when there's this illusion of rejection or if there's a you know a previous injury or some scar tissue emotional scar tissue it can it can fuck with that dynamic and sometimes there doesn't even have to have been any past trauma sometimes it's just the man doesn't understand how to do it you know women are intuitively a little better at this than men are I'm going to say that as a man, right? Now, some people might say, Josh, this sounds a lot like simp talk that you're saying. Are you basically saying that, oh, men are simping for women all the time, and if they don't get the woman's attention, then they can't be okay on their own? No, that's not what I'm saying. This isn't an issue of validational um, deficiency. That would be simps. Simp behavior is characterized by another level of dysfunction, which is they have a validational deficit and they have a slew of other problems that come from that. This is not what we're talking about. Men who are have an inherently difficult time interfacing with the feminine don't always have a validational deficit. That is not a required prerequisite to, uh, to diagnose that issue. All you need to die to diagnose a um, an inability to interface with the feminine is to watch the energy and to watch how that person's masculine frame and presence affects the feminine and how it responds to it and how it engages with it. And you can you can tell if you're a little bit intuitive. You can tell from a person's behavior. You always watch the behavior. Don't listen to the words. People will say all kinds of wild shit. You don't listen to what they say. You have to watch the behavior because the behavior will tell you the stuff that they really believe because it's easy to lie with your mouth. It's very labor intensive to lie with your behavior. And a lot of people, to a lot of people, it's either not worth it or they don't even think about it because they don't even know they're lying, which is another crazy thing that we should talk about sometime. All right, that's going to be it for this one. Go with grace, my friends, and never give up your power. This is Josh Segafis signing off.
Thank you for listening. Make sure to visit www.joshuasegathis.com. Catch you on the flip side. 